Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. You know, it doesn't really feel like the season's really started until we do one of these after midnight podcasts. It's been It's been a little bit, but we're finally back to it. I'm just glad it's on a weekend uh, because if this was a weekday, your boy would be very grumpy at work tomorrow. So I'm not hey, looking for. Yeah. Guess, which, guess which boy does have work. Yeah, that's you. You have to work tomorrow. I'm lucky. I think this is like the first time ever that you, it's opposite. I have the day off and you have to work. But yeah, it, it's that. that's how we know hockey season's back is me and you are We're uh, making grinding the midnight stone here. Yeah. But holy cow, that game was worth it. I definitely thought before today, I was like, this is going to be a really shitty podcast because we're staring at 0-2-1 for this week. But um, lo and behold, the Avs remembered that they were the Avs. Yeah, uh, this definitely could have been a very different podcast than the one that we are inevitably about to record. We're right after the conclusion of the Avalanche and Golden Knights. The Avalanche win 3-2 in Vegas and go 1-1-1 and ever since our last show. They lose in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets 4-3. They lose 3-2 to to the Seattle Kraken in a game we'll talk about. But they kind of make up for it in the second half of the back-to-back and play a pretty decent game in Vegas. Not perfect, but a very decent game. I'd say their strongest game of the season, the very short sample size, and pick up a really good road win against a, a Vegas team that started the season really strong. They get a great performance from Georgiev. And now all of a sudden they're 3-2-1 in the season and the sky's not falling anymore. Yeah, sky's not falling anymore. Um, it, we were joking off air that we, we thought we were going to lose this game and we would win the two previous, but it's the complete opposite. So um, they win the game that they're not supposed to. But like you said, it was probably the best game that we've seen from the ass because i don't know like opening night i still don't think they were great they were i mean it's chicago they played chicago they played chicago and this was their first win against a real quality opponent i mean i know minnesota's good but we were not good in that minnesota minnesota game was we were not very good and philip gustafson had the ultimate bed shitting performance yes and let in two of the worst goals you've ever seen yeah this was the first game where i thought okay this is the abs team we can expect to see way later on down the season. Um, and holy shit, it was great. That first period, it's truly a shame the abs only scored once in that first period because that was the best period the abs have played since game six of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I mean, they got off to a great start right away. You get new hook draw on the penalty. You get the McKinnon goal right off the bat on the power play. Just that absolute rocket of a slap shot all set up by Kale McCarr. And you're right. It's a shame they only scored once on there. And it's more of a shame that that period ended tied, which is absolutely ridiculous. But that's just 
man, Vegas, I know we won this game, but there are just some things like, man, Vegas just gets so lucky sometimes. Yeah, dude, the inboards in Vegas have to be like the juiciest inboards in I was, the fucking league. I was two seconds away from tweeting that. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about towards the end of the day. I was two seconds away from tweeting. These boards have to be juiced. Pucks do not bounce like this consistently. They were bouncing like they they kind of fucked Vegas in the beginning. Like Logan Thompson had a couple that just shot off at the backboards and right in front of the crease. And then the third period, yeah, like you talked about the abs. I, I've never seen pucks bounce like that. Like the last time I remember pucks bouncing like that was in like the Joe Lewis Arena for Detroit. Like those inboards were fucking ridiculous. And these ones are even crazier because you can't even blame the ice. I don't think the ice was bad. It was just those inboards were fucking lively tonight. Yeah, you got pucks bouncing all over the place and not even just the inboards. We'll, we'll talk about the second Vegas goal later, but I've never seen an arena with such lively boards before that are just involved in so many plays. Yeah, the boards were honestly a three-star, but it was a three-star performance from the boards tonight for Vegas. Um, but yeah, I mean, McKinnon's goal was crazy. And then the Avs take like just a silly penalty at the end of the first period. And just how the PK is going, that puck bounces Stone in one motion, puts it down to a stick and passes it right to Marsha Show for an easy tap-in goal. And all of a sudden, all that momentum you built in the first period is gone. Yeah, that was a very frustrating goal to give up for a, a struggling penalty kill, uh, a penalty that was just not necessary to take. And again, another breakdown on the penalty kill. Nobody's in the same zip code as Jonathan Marsh so. And this is kind of a negative start to what is supposed to be a, a positive win, but EJ and Manson on the penalty kill are not good together. They're not. Yeah, but who else do you put out? I mean, Byram maybe, but... I'd give it a shot. If like I'm not even saying switch them up. I'm just saying split them up. Put somebody else with them. These two, when they're together, don't work. Yeah, they they don't really communicate that well. I'm hoping it works itself out because for the rest of the game they were solid. It was just that that one breakdown. Um, but I, I kind of agree. I, I don't know if I like them together as a pair. They're both just so liable for a backbreaking turnover that <laughs> it's it's like you're doubling your odds of a giveaway in your own zone. Um, but I don't know. I thought the PK after that, I thought they were really solid, man. I thought they had two that were solid because the second one, the Manson penalty in the second period, I thought that was the Georgiev show where he stopped at least two or three should have been goals that were just very out of position by the PK. Your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer though. And he was old adage, old hockey adage. Thanks Peter McNabb. And he absolutely was. But that goal was so frustrating to give up because this was probably the best period the Avs, I'd say, have had so far this season. Like, they just looked really good. Not the kind of period you'd expect from a team on the second half of a back-to-back. But this is kind of the situation where sometimes a back-to-back is a good thing, where you have that, we'll talk more about the Seattle game in detail later, but you had just that awful, no energy lifeless game against the Kraken not even 24 hours ago. You want to wash that out right away. And that seemed like the message that was sent right away. They're drawing penalties. You get the McKinnon slap shot goal. And up until the power play for Vegas, Vegas had like two shots, two or three shots on goal. Like they were generating absolutely nothing. Like like you were saying, this looked like the old abs from the playoffs or at least a very raw version of that. Yeah, they they looked fantastic. I, I think Vegas went like 17 minutes without a shot. 
Yeah, the they, I think I think they had great. the first two shots of the game because they had that breakaway five seconds into yeah. the game that I'm just not remembering, just uh, on a rare McCarr turnover. That was one shot, and I think they had another one very shortly after that. But after that, it wasn't until I think like five minutes left in the first period until they had their third shot of the period. The Avs defense was just really good. Yeah, it was really really good, man, and it truly was like I. I did not feel good about playing that good of a, because you can't top that period. Like it's only downhill from that period because that was a fantastic period. And I'm like, Oh, this is tied. This doesn't feel good. Um, But lo and behold, the abs, those pesky abs, they found a way. Yeah. And in a way you were right because the first period was still their best period. Vegas got a lot better as the game went on. They thoroughly outshot us in the second and third period, but the abs, they hung around Alex Georgiev, he just looks comfortable already. He looks like Which he's is shocking. Yeah. Like I did not expect him to look this good. This suit, like this is the kind of Georgiev I was expecting in like January. Yes. Like what his fourth start of the season. And he's already looking completely comfortable. He's able to answer for some defensive gaps, making some huge saves with the glove, able to read plays. Like he just looks comfortable. Like he's been here for years. Yeah. It's weird because we were so used to, with the previous goalies coming in, I mean, Kemper really struggled out of the gate. And then um, Grubauer, I don't think, earned the starting crease until like three-fourths of the way se- through the season. I think it was Varley was still the number one for a, ma- a majority of the year. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And also it was Georgiev, or not Georgiev, I'm sorry, Grubauer wasn't very good in his first few starts as an app. Yeah. So it was like, well, Varlamov kind of still has to be the starter here until Varlamov ended up, of course, getting hurt again. But that's usually how it's been. And that's usually how it goes in other systems where a new goalie comes in. They're not used to the systems and everything. They struggle out of the gate. And for Georgia, like this isn't even a guy who'd been a, a starter in New York before. It, there are times like we talked about this with Raj where he wasn't even the number two behind Lundquist and Shostarkin at times. And he comes in here and is just, yeah, this is my job now. I'm the starter now. I'm not going to give this up because now through six games, it's really not much of a question who the Av starter no. is. It's not much of a question at this point. So I I'm th- I have thoroughly been impressed with how good he's been. And I I still think he can get better too. Like the defense is gonna get better in front of him. Um th- this was a rare game too. We we haven't we've gone this long surprisingly w- without mentioning Devon Taves missed this game. And yeah, the abs so, typically there's yeah. so much we have to talk about this episode. <laughs> so, much. so much has happened like yeah. outside of the three games. It's all, like, again, it is one in the morning for me. Yes. So it's going to be a very scattered episode. I'm, but This is going but, to be a very scattered episode. Yes. Like There's waiver stuff to talk about. There's an entirely new guy on the team that we're yes. going to get to. Devontae gets hurt against the crack and still plays in the game, but does not play tonight. No, no, it was against the Jets. Your brain scrambled. He got hurt against yes. the Jets. He didn't even yeah. play against the Kraken. No. There's currently in a fourth <laughs> in my brain, but... Oh, yeah. But the Avs won a game without Devon Taves, which is a very rare occurrence for the Avs. So you got to think to tie that point back together. The Avs defense is going to get better once they get a little bit more cohesion and figure out the pairings. I feel like Bednar's still like kind of mix matching and the pairings for defense. Once those get solidified, um, you got to assume the defense is going to get better. Once a guy like Darren Helm comes in, you got to assume the defense on the PK gets better. Um so I still think there's room for Georgiev to improve uh, just because I think the Avs will improve in front of him. Yeah, I mean, then that's exactly how it's going to go. I mean, the Avs, they really don't look that different from what they did last October. It's just the difference is they look more confident. 
and they have better goaltending behind them because Kemper at this point last season was not at the point that Georgiev is right now. Like Makar almost looks exactly the same like he did in October, maybe a little bit better. But last October, Makar was pretty bad. I still think he's working out some things right now and getting back into form and everything. But the difference is you have McKinnon right now, who's a stud. Val Nachushkin, who is some somehow playing better hockey than he did last season, which Second I think leading goal scorer in the NHL right now. I didn't even think that was possible. <laughs> like he's scored a goal in five of six games so far this season. And even when he didn't score last game against the Kraken, he'd still had two assists and was probably the most important player on the ice. Like we'll talk more about him in a moment, but this guy is insane right now. He is. The, the, the team is a lot more gelled than I feel like they were last year. Um, it, so winning, yeah, winning, winning a cup will do that for you. Yeah, winning a cup will do that, and it's not like they're beating the brakes off people. But three, two, and one for your first six games, you'll take that all day. You'll yeah. take that all fucking day. If you, so, if you told me that before the season began, through the first six games, going into the New York trip, you're three, two, and one. You take that every time. You take it and run. Yeah, with the cup hangover, all that stuff, the injuries they're battling, it, it, it's it's a good start. But to go back to the Vegas game. Second period rolls around. The Avs get their second power play goal of the game. They went two for two in this game. The power play continues to be unreal. And I think for the first time this year, the second unit gets a power play goal. Um, And our guy, Evan Rodriguez, scored his second goal. We'll talk about his first goal uh, eventually. But he just looks more confident along with him and Newhook. I know Newhook still hasn't registered a point, but they look like two different players these past two games. Yeah. The last time we talked about these guys we were talking, they're ineffective. They just, they don't look used to it yet. New hook has gotten ridiculously close and Rodriguez has hit the pine twice. Now he scored against the Kraken. gets a beautiful slap shot on the power play here. I thought it was McCarr at first, just because their numbers look so similar when Rodriguez has his Jersey tucked in, but that's how good of a shot this was. I thought it was Kale McCarr shooting this puck. He crushes this one over Logan Thompson on the power play to give us the lead. Yeah, he he looks more confident. He did get banged up near the end of the game, so hopefully he's all good. Um, he returned, he, so he should be yeah, fine. He returned, but so we'll see. But it he looks a lot better. He looks more confident. Um, I, I don't want to go without saying that, I mean, Alex Newhook, he, like we said, he still hasn't scored, still hasn't registered a point. But, man, he just looks like a different player these past two games. And if we get a confident Alex Newhook, and the chances will start going in for him. They will. Um, he's he's going to get there. It's just uh, it's going to be a little bit of growing pains, I feel like, with him. But yeah. overall, just a great power play. Evan Rodriguez gets his second in as many games. And the Avs are up 2-1. Yeah, like with Newhook, like once one goes in, I feel like the rest are going to follow suit. Because you're right. He looks good. He's getting chances. That game against the Kraken for him, he had a lot of good chances that some that Grubauer totally robbed him on. And he had some good looks in this game. He had some good feeds in this game. Like, he looks good. It's not like he's floundering and is struggling with a new role. He looks good. But just not everyone can be Val and just score 10 points in the first six games and just be absurd. Yeah, uh, no one's going to be Val because there's only one Val and he's placed for the Avs. So we'll take that. Um, but I mean, other than that, the second period, I don't really think there was anything else that happened in it. Like it was just kind of a, oh, Bo, I mean, Bo Byram continues to be unreal. That save he made on Mark Stone when he kicked his blade up. Um, I mean, we're seeing the emergence of 
the abs are going to have three number one defensemen before the end of the year. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. Without question. I mean, I, I tweeted this. I feel like there are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe just how much I love Bo Byram. And he got, he gets the goal uh, earlier this week and his defense is just solid. Like he's one of the best defensemen on the team already. And again, let me reiterate, he is 21. He still has so much more room to grow and develop. It's, it is not fair that we have this guy on our team. It is not fair. It, it, it truly isn't. I mean, he has been the one bright spot of Devon Taves going out is we get to see Bo Byram on the ice more. And anytime Bo's on the ice, you know, something good is going to happen for the Avs. So I've been really, really impressed by how good he's been. And I still think he's only played what, like 50 career games total, including the playoffs, something like that. It's not a lot. Like he still hasn't even played a full NHL season yet. Yeah, like, and that's crazy to think about, considering the fact that like this is his technically third regular season with the team, but just all the injuries that have interrupted him over time. Like, yeah, he's played a combined, oh, man, math, 74 <laughs> games in the NHL regular season and playoffs. It's crazy to think that like by the end, with before too long, he's going to hit 100 games already. But he's just got so much more room to grow. Like. And just making the smart plays like that, like making that ridiculous save. How do you even think about that? It's just, it's the hockey instincts in him. He is going to be a fantastic player and he is going to cost a pretty penny at the end of the year for the Avs. I'm just preparing mentally for that. It's it's the same thing I said about Val. It's just, man, I really don't care. Yeah. This guy is going to be worth every cent. Because look, look at Val right now. And yep. we were all wondering, like, man, this guy is going to cost so much money. It's so worth it, though. These guys are just so good. Like we're gonna talk, we're gonna gush about Val on this episode, but yeah. staying on Bo, like even if he gets, I don't, I just don't know if there's the money to give him the long term deal. But for the two or three year bridge contract, I can't imagine his agent lets him sign anything more than two years on this bridge deal. But God, is that going to be so worth it when you get him at twenty two and twenty three years old at like five million bucks? It's gonna be, it's gonna be utterly, a steal. utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna be a steal. But other than that, the second period, I thought the Avs were solid. You could tell they were starting to get tired near the end of that period, and Georgiev bailed them out. Um, once again, we've already talked enough about. I don't think we have talked enough about Georgiev because he was truly fantastic in this game. But the second period, he was great. Uh, and then the third period rolls around, and the Avs probably take two of the stupidest penalties in that period. That they've done i loved your tweet about for a team that's not very good on the pk they sure love to take a lot of penalties because that was my exact thought process yeah you had the mckinnon penalty with 0.2 seconds left in the second period that carries over to the third period then you get the comp for hook on jack eichel like five minutes in somehow some way vegas went one for four on the power play yeah the, the penalty kill went somewhat respectable tonight for literally the first literally the first time all season they get a respectable 25 percent on the pk but it's like i said for a team that cannot trust their penalty kill right now they really love giving them a lot of practice in very important situations because that was a two to one game going into the third period and they're immediately killing off four minutes of penalties and they did a great job and then 
after that, I mean, can we talk so far in this year? I mean, that, that's the goal of the year for the Avs. What, what Val Nachushkin does on this play is truly, truly just beautiful. Like Val three years ago is not making this play. He just that, isn't. Val he four goes, years ago went, what, 102 games without yeah. a goal? He's got six already. <laughs> and granted, I think the first five of them were on the power play so far this season. Correct. I have that right. This one, he just McKinnon's it all the way down the ice, goes through three guys, und- undresses. My brain scattered. Who was that? The guy. The Oh, I have no idea. I, I can't tell you who was. Who Braden was McNabb. It was Braden yeah. McNabb. He turns him inside out. He roofs it over Logan Thompson just to – Absolutely gorgeous goal. Remember this time last year we said this guy has no hands? Yep. And we were right because he didn't. He just developed them overnight. Like he hurt his shoulder last season and somehow found finishing ability. It's fantastic, dude. This goal is so unreal. And I just, I could not, no one could have predicted this, what Val Nachushkin has turned into. Granted, he was a top 10 pick, but no one thought he was going to be this. He's on pace. Like, at this point, 30 goals may be underselling what he does this year. Yeah, that's exactly what I said during the game. Like we said, like, oh, it's 30 goals on the table for Val. He's already like at six. He's at the top of the league right now. Like he might be at 10 before the end of the month. Yeah, he he has been fantastic. And honestly, that that contract, everyone was giving the abs shit for it. But Val for eight more years at 6.1, uh, I'll take that all day. Were people giving the abs shit, or was it like the fifteen-year-olds on Twitter who don't know how contracts work? Who were giving? I mean, that's that probably shit. that. But I mean, it was like he's worth every penny. He's going to be worth every penny because you're getting this guy. I can he get better? I don't know. I mean, is this the Val? Matter? I think this. I, I, I think this version of Val is pretty good. I'll take this one. If this is the yeah. peak of Val Nachushkin, I am not going to complain. Yeah. Because he's basically filling in for the Landy Bowl right now, and he's doing it very adequately. Um, and I just – I don't know what else to say about the guy because he has been absolutely phenomenal. Like, Nathan McKinnon's been great this year, but I still think Val's the MVP of this team so far. That's the crazy thing. Like, McKinnon's having the best start of the season to his career so far, yeah. and Val has been better. Like, th- like Playing think- with – Playing with Newhook and Rodriguez, who have been struggling, too. Right. Like, like, think about the context of that sentence for a second. Nathan McKinnon, superstar, now the highest-paid player in the NHL, is having the best start of his career so far. And it is currently the second-best start on the team to a guy who, three, four years ago, went 102 games without a goal, was signed to a league-minimum contract that people thought was taking up a roster spot. Worked out pretty crazy, well. yeah. crazy. Joe Sack and Chris McFarland, another dub. But I mean, I, I just don't know what else to say about the guy. He has been fantastic. I I don't know if he can keep up this pace, but even if he slows down, thirty goals still seems like Actually, like we're short selling him. Well, I mean, like keeping up this pace has him on pace for almost like ninety goals. That'd be sick. Yeah. Do so, like, what is slowing down from this pace? Fifty. Yeah. I. What if he just goes full Chris Kreider this year and gets fifty-two? <laughs> I will I will absolutely take that. I mean, he's getting them on the power play just like Chris Kreider did last yeah. season. So, I mean, why not, Val? Why not, Val? But to get back to the game, the Avs go up 3-1 with that goal. And I, I don't know about you. I was sitting back thinking like, okay, let's just make it to like th- – if they're gonna, if the Vegas is going to score, let's let them score with like three minutes left so I don't have to sweat out like 
10 minutes of game time. Nope. Chandler Stevenson, Sam Gerard. Oh, this for me, this, this, for me, this started way before the Stevenson goal. I felt like it was right after we scored Vegas had chance. They had a post and they came back right away. My immediate thought process is there is no shot that we just got that back breaking goal. And now we're tired. Yeah. And then you get the Stevenson goal that you're talking about, which Felt a lot longer than two minutes later than the Shushkin goal, but it was two minutes and 22 seconds later after that. This is what I'm talking about when Vegas just sometimes gets lucky. Gerard's just skating along the boards, and the heel of his stick gets caught in the wall. That We see this happen sometimes, but it gets wedged perfectly to the point where it's like he can't pull it out. He has to just leave it there and just kind of cover the side of the net. The puck goes pretty much right to Jack Eichel, gives it to Mark Stone, gives it to Chandler Stevenson alone in front. And now all of a sudden, after all that, it's a one goal game again. And now, you, game. and now it feels like Vegas has all the momentum. And it's just like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. And this. is there a player on the abs who like that happens to like, it, it had to happen to Sam Gerard, like no, it has the only like player that. that people give shit to. And he's the one who gets a stick stuck in the boards. Like that's just Sam Gerard's life as an av summed up in a one minute experience right there. Like that poor guy can't catch a break, but speaking of Santra, he's been fantastic to start this year. He has been really good. He's so looked, he's looked real good and you got to give him credit. So I, I love me some Sammy G, but it was hilarious. Um, we won the game. So it's funny to think about now, but after that, it was pretty much a Vegas onslaught for those last like six and a half minutes, I think is what it was. Seven minutes of the game. Yeah, the last half of the third period was very much survival mode for the app. Yeah. There's times Vegas stormed down the wing. There's one they rang off the post. We talked about the one where they ring it off the backboard and it just bounces right back out in front again. Georgiev able to make a ton of big saves towards the yes. very end of this game. Again, he was brilliant in this game. But Vegas, they really turned it on later in this game and... It's, it's nice to have a goalie that is able to just step up and make the big saves on the second half of a back-to-back when the team is understandably kind of tired. Yep, they they got gas near the end. You could tell they were just running on fumes near the end. But uh, Georgiev came up with some big saves, and the Avs walk out of there with a huge two points. And in the week with a very big win, uh, I think, for this team's morale, because uh, when we'll talk about Seattle and Winnipeg, I, I think we both can agree. Seattle and Winnipeg, the abs just kind of seemed like they were going through the motions for majority of those games. Um, but this was a huge win. This road trip coming up is a long one. They're going to be gone for like two and a half weeks. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, the Rangers game is going to be very interesting. I'm excited for that one. Georgia versus Shesterkin. That's going to be fucking fun. Um, but yeah, huge two points for the boys. Um, I, I do want to talk about Vegas, though. I think Vegas may be back. If they can stay healthy, I think this team's going to be a threat in the Pacific. I, I don't think we can see them squeaking off into the squeaking into the playoffs. Um, if they stay healthy, that's the key for this team because they aren't bad. Their defense is still pretty solid. And if Logan Thompson is good, I, I think this team could be a threat in the Pacific. Yeah, I think going back to our preseason predictions, we really undersold Bruce Cassidy yeah. and the uh, the effect he would have on Vegas. Like 
by far one of the most baffling moves of last offseason was Br- the Bruins firing him. And yeah, it's working pretty well for him so far. Five. Well, I mean, they're doing all right so far, but it's even still, there was really no reason for it to happen unless there was like some internal thing that no one really knows about. So it seemed like an obvious move for Vegas to go out and get him. They do. It seems he's working out well for them so far. They've had Eichel play so far this season. Marsh is so looks really good. And like you mentioned, the big part, Logan Thompson looks like an NHL goalie. Yeah. And so Vegas looks like a good team. And that's what makes this win so good is yep. that the Avs were genuinely underdogs in this game. You look at all the bet lines before the game and you just looked at the momentum of the current teams. The Avs were the underdogs in this game and rightfully so. Vegas has looked good. And the yeah. Avs, as we're going to talk about over the course of the last two games, have not. Nope. And they nope. were able to really answer the bell. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see what, like, you know, like Vegas is going to have some crippling injury to either Stone, Pacioretty, or Alec Martinez and their season's going to go off the rails. But if, if they can get a little bit of injury luck, I, I like this team to be a contender in the Pacific. I still think the Avs, when fully healthy, are a much better team. And, but I think they could be a threat in the Pacific Division. I wouldn't be shocked if they uh, if they end up making it and maybe they upset an Edmonton or a Calgary in the first round. I don't know, man. I, I think the way you're talking about them, I think you're kind of underselling what they are in the Pacific. I think they're top dog right now with Calgary. Because you, yeah. you look at the Pacific right now, there's a lot of struggling teams in here. San Jose sucks. Vancouver is the only winless team left. They are 0-4-2, and they've blown a lead in five of those games. The Ducks, they they don't look good. They're already a minus 10. They're 1-3-1. and Edmonton just got shut out tonight by the Blues. And they, at home. At home. They, I don't know. It's too early to say they don't look good. There are times they look really good. There are times they don't. They look okay. L.A. is kind of concerning me a little bit. They don't look that good. I just watched them play the Caps today. They blew a 2-0 lead, and they got the brakes beat off them by Pittsburgh the other day, and they barely scraped by Detroit the other night. In third, you have Seattle, who I wouldn't say looks particularly that good. No, before the abs game, they looked atrocious. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the Pacific's an interesting division, but I do think Vegas is going to be a contender this year as long as they stay healthy. That's the key for that team because they're one injury away. We saw what happened last year to them. If everyone's banged up, they just don't have the cap space Mm -hmm. to go and – I mean, to to be fair, it was a lot more than one injury this last season. It was like seven. Yeah. Well, did you hear on the broadcast too? They were saying, I guess the uh, owner of Vegas said they may have been too aggressive in trades. <laughs> like, no, no shit. shit, Sherlock. No shit. You traded your entire future for a bunch of guys. You might have been too aggressive. You don't Dude, fucking say. Think how good that team would be with like Nick Suzuki on it. Yeah, they would be great with Nick Suzuki right now. It would genuinely be like the perfect addition to this team as second yeah. center. They'd be perfect. But overall, Put a bow tie on this game. Big win for the Avs. Val Nachushkin's the man. Alexander Georgiev is the man. Um, and depth scoring actually kind of showed up a little bit in this game. So uh, big win for the Avs. That's probably going to be it for the super positive parts of this episode because we're going to move to two games where... I mean, it's, it gets kind of tough to be super negative when you know the end result. They, yeah. They ended up bouncing back and now it's fine. And you go one, one, and one. You get three of six and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But... You go back to the last two games against the Jets and the Kraken. We can just kind of talk about them both at the same time. 
just because the Jets game feels like forever ago at this point. Feels feels like forever ago. I, I do want to ask you first, how hard was it watching Berkey play against the Abs? This was weird because I mean, this was the first time that Berkey has not been on any of my teams in his career, and I kind of have to force myself to like the Kraken. Like, not that I don't like the Kraken. It's just like now I like feel like I'm forcing myself to like a team just because Berkey's on. Because I love the Abs before Berkey was on there, well before that, and. I don't know. It felt weird, but I don't know. I got over it pretty quickly. I was kind of rooting for him a little bit. Once they once they showed the tribute and everything, oh, it was, was Yeah, great tribute. He got his ring. After that, I felt like I was able to move on. Oh, dude. I, I don't know if you noticed this. He shot the puck so much last night. I was night. so mad yeah. at him. Now you fucking puck. shoot yeah. the puck? What is your problem? You've been on my teams for eight years, and you never shot the puck. The first game we see you, you're shooting the lights out. Fuck he you, had, dude. He had to have like 10 shot attempts against the abs. It was crazy. I was like, who the fuck is this guy, man? This is the guy who was passing up wide open shots at the top of the slot and just – all over the place. Five um, shots on goal for Berkey in this game. He had five shots on goal. Kick rocks, buddy. You he had five shots on goal over a 20-game span for the Avs last Exactly. Year. I watched you my entire life. My teenage years were watching you. You never shot shit. Now you're <laughs> on a team I don't watch, and now you're shooting. And now, look, you're leading them in points. Imagine. Imagine that. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night, following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild. This season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night from money line to puck line to individual player props, no matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. It's so funny, dude. And I... I didn't realize how much I'd like I'd miss Berkey until I saw him in another team. And you're just you just look at him and you're like, ever I don't think there's one person who can say they don't like Andre Burkov. Like what is, name an unlikable trait this guy has. He just he he's just like a team puppy wherever and, he goes. He was great and I, the team, the abs, the way they reacted to him, like those pictures they were posting of all of them like fucking with him at morning skate and like 
him just looking at like he is I, I don't think there's a bad th- I don't think any teammate has a bad thing to say about Andre Burakovsky no like not in like a joking manner like I guarantee you Mac would chirp him a little bit but it would be in good fun like there's not one person who genuinely dislikes Andre Burakovsky yeah like you he has like strong relationships dating all the way back to the the caps and everything like Tom Wilson's still his best friend like every time he plays the caps like him and Ovi are always talking and hitting it off. Like he has such deep relationships with every team he's ever been on because everybody loves him. And he's going to be such a staple in Seattle for that entire he looks contract. Good, dude. He, he looks, looks good. good. He, he has looks found really a role good. for himself. And once they get Maddie Benier really cooking and get Shane Wright developing and get him a full-time center, that's really going to work for them. Him and Oliver Bjorkstrand together, if they're playing on the same line, that is dangerous. Yeah. Those were two amazing moves for Seattle. Yeah, they, it was really good. Um, notice how we aren't really talking about the abs in this game because the abs didn't really show up in this game. Um, I mean, this is my therapy session. I yeah, guess. yeah, it, it was it was a rough game for the abs. Um, they were outshot by the Seattle Kraken by 18. Yeah, 30. It, it wasn't just a little 20. bit outshot. They got fucking demolished. Yeah, 38 to 20 in this game. I think the stat they showed today was the last time they got outshot that badly was the one game they had in Calgary last year. And they won that game. So they go into this game and like, again, this is the Kraken. The Kraken are a new team that finally have some competent pieces with Berkey, Bjorkstrand. They have potentially the... Call their front runner in Beneers right now. It's that race is not very exciting at the moment, but they've got some pieces, but this is nowhere close to a finished product. And the Avs, they just they just got killed in yeah. just about every manner. Cause they were say they got killed. It was just the Kraken tried harder. Exactly that's exactly what it was. Yeah. They tried harder in every area. Yeah. And the Avs just didn't have it in any capacity. No, this was the first game the top line didn't show up. Yeah, this like was they, the first game. They, they were silent. Like, yeah. the, like this was a game that Val took over, and you had depth scoring having to come through. Like Evan Rodriguez scores his first goal. Nachushkin sets that up. And you get a shorthand goal in this game from Bo Byram, absolute snipe. Who sets that up? Found Nachushkin. Nachushkin. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just not a good game from the Avs, and it kind of sucks because that's the last time the Avs are playing in Colorado for like three weeks. So it's just kind of a tough loss to take, but yeah, I mean, it just, it was a stinky game from the abs. They just did not compete at all. Um, And it felt like every time they got a little bit of momentum, they would just shoot themselves in the foot. Like I love Curtis McDermott. I love him. I love him. He cannot be a defenseman. He has to play as a forward. I'm happy that you said it and I didn't have to. Yeah. Because I love the guy. He is not a defenseman. He is a forward in this on this team. Yeah, I think that's just one thing we all have to be in agreement about here is if Curtis McDermott has to play, you gotta put him on forward. This yeah. guy cannot be the last resort. We had this conversation extensively last yeah. season, where if McDermott has to play, he is inoffensive on the wing he you put him there you can hide him there and it's fine but when this guy gets stuck on the ice on defense and he is the last guy between the skater and Pavel Francouz it doesn't work yeah doesn't work um 
he yeah we're in agreement on that like i love curtis mcdermott and i love what he brings to he had a sweet fight in this game against jamie alexiak beat two, the shit out of him two heavyweights i mean yeah. jamie alexiak just he's a big guy but he gets the piss beaten out of him yeah lot. he really does he's just one of those guys who he's definitely a guy who plays like he's like 510 but he's just a monster and people just want to fuck with him but curtis mcdermott beat the shit out of him um and you kind of touched on Pablo Francis. I thought he was really good in this game. That third goal he gave up, which was the game winner, was a really bad goal. It's, it was really, really like the goal. the first goal of the season where you blame the goalie. Yeah. Like, and this extends to the Curtis McDermott conversation where Carson Kuhlman got past him way too easily. But that goal should not go in. That is a goal that cannot go in. Not at that point in the game. Not from that angle. And not from that player. Like Carson Kuhlman is okay. It was a rough goal for Pablo Francis because he did play. I thought he was really good. If it wasn't for him, that game could have really gotten out of hand. Yeah, I mean, he That's... gave the Avs a chance to rally. They were down two to nothing. The the goals Seattle got very early in the second period, one on the power play from Schwartz, the other from McCann just 22 seconds later. There wasn't too much he could do on those. They were just kind of... Oh, dude, that first one for Seattle... I think it was EJ and Manson again. They just left Jaden Schwartz wide open yeah, in the like, middle of the ice. It's like what we, were saying, what we were saying about EJ and Manson on the penalty kill. These guys do not communicate. And it just so seems to happen that every single team we play has a guy get open on the penalty kill when those two guys are on the ice. Yeah, you see it in back-to-back nights with McCann and Marcia So, or I'm sorry, Schwartz and Marcia So. And Seattle's up one nothing. Then the McCann play just to crazy bouncing puck i'm still not entirely sure what happened but the puck just ends up in the back of the net and all of a sudden it's two to nothing and after this point i thought frankie gave them a chance to rally you get rodriguez's first goal of the season byron makes the play happen nachushkin makes a beautiful play to find a wide open erod his first goal is an av and even still after that it just felt like the avs didn't have any kick yeah Am I crazy? I was totally off top. Did Donskoy play last night? Or like, did he play? I don't remember like even seeing him out there. That is a fantastic question. No, he did not. I do not oh, see him on here. Yeah, all right. That's what I thought. Um, I've not even I haven't even thought about Donskoy. Yeah, me either. It's funny because like Berkey leaves and goes to Seattle and everyone forgets that Gruby and Donskoy used to play for the Avs too. So um, Donskoy, is he okay? Like, is he hurt? Yeah. I don't know. Did I, he get healthy he's, scratch? He's, He's on IR, so he's hurt. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't even I don't even remember hearing that news. I have no idea what happened to him. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the Avs go down two nothing. Erod gets that goal. A beautiful play by Val. That pass was beautiful. Um, and the Avs cut it to two to one. And you're thinking, okay, now now the Avs are waking up. Here we go. This is this is more the Avs we thought. And nothing really happened for the rest of that second period. And then the third period, Logan O'Connor starts it. Uh the abs are on the PK. Logan O'Connor starts it. He drops back to Val. And I I don't know. I, I was watching it live and it was happening in front of me. I was like, who is Val passing to? He had Logan O'Connor on the wing and it goes to Bo and Bo just fucking rips it and ties the game at two. Um, it's no doubt that Bo Byram and Val Nachushkin were the two best players for the abs in this game. Without a doubt. I feel like they're just always going to be that. Like when the Avs yeah. are not playing their best, you can pretty much rely on Val and Bo. 
to be the guys who are having good games because they have motors that just do not stop. They don't care about momentum. They don't care if they're getting bad passes. These guys just skate like their lives depend on it. Yeah, they were, they were great in this game. It's tied at two. And I, I don't know about you, but the, for the first time all night, the arena actually had some energy. Like it was another sold out arena. It was, it was jam packed and it was just kind of like a lifeless game. And then the abs tied up at two and you're like, all right, here it comes. The abs, the abs are going to get it. McKinnon hasn't really done anything yet. Ranston hasn't done anything. Lecky hasn't done anything. It's coming. And like we already said, Carson Coleman gets that one. And man, there was just, you could just feel the energy get zapped out of the yeah. arena. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of goal where you know they're not going to tie the game yeah. after that. Like they're going to try, but that's the one where it's just like that goal can't go in. Now we need a miracle to even get a point out of this. It's just, this game is a mess. And that is just a pile of shit right on top of it. Because the, the one thing that was keeping you in this game was Frankie. And he gave up that. So now your lifeline is gone. So abs didn't really get much going on after that. Um, we're at the point now where we can mention the abs did have a new player starting in that first game. Um, you broke the news to me. I was in meetings all day Friday. Yeah, it was no, it was Thursday. Thursday. Um, the abs claimed Dryden Hunt from the New York Rangers. Uh, I, I don't, haven't watched much of him. I, I don't really know how good or bad he is, but I know Gerard, Gerard Gallant said he shouldn't be a regular in the NHL. It was just part of the business that they lost him. Um, and Dryden Hunt replaces Lucas Sedlock and he didn't, I think he's played a combined 12 minutes in his first two games because he has not touched the ice in the third period in both the games he's played. Yeah. I mean, the guy has not even had a single practice with the abs yet. Mm-hmm. So Going back to all the things that we have to cover in this episode, the Avalanche, uh, old takes exposed. We said we would be very shocked if someone claimed Lucas Sedlock on waivers. Apparently, John Tortorella saw that and was like, oh, I used to have Sedlock on the Blue Jackets five years ago. I need him on the Flyers now. Flyers claim Sedlock. And a day later, the Rangers, or that same day, the Rangers put Dryden Hunt on waivers. The Avalanche are now down a body, so they go and pick him up. I mean... This kind of obviously this reminds you of the knack situation from last season. I don't think Hunt is the kind of caliber of player that Knack is, but Hunt is the kind of guy where if he scores even seven goals in his tenure with the abs this season, you take that as a victory. Well, and, I think three would be a victory. <laughs> yeah. The kind of player where you're getting him for his two-way play. He is yep. far more effective in the defensive zone than he would be in the offensive zone. He does have a goal this season so far in three games with the Rangers. And last season with the Rangers, he played 76 games, six goals, 11 assists, 17 points, played three games in the playoffs, did not record a point, kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Started in 2017 with the Panthers. He was undrafted, signed as a free agent to the Panthers in 2016. Ends up in Arizona somehow. I don't I don't know if he got claimed somewhere along the way. I guess he signed with the Coyotes at some point. I'm trying to just very, quickly go, over very quickly go through his cap friendly. Yeah, he signed a league min deal with the Coyotes after not getting qualified by the Panthers. Ends up with the Rangers after that. And now he's here and just the kind of thing, like you're not desperate, but you're down a body and you just need to bring somebody in. And he seems like the kind of player that I think we'll find a use for him. Yeah. We'll find a use for him. He's, he's, 
I think he's probably better than Sedlock. So, I mean, maybe it's addition I, by subtraction. I kind of agree. I, I like having Hunt more than yeah. I like having Sedlock. I agree. So, he hasn't, he, he's played two games with the Avs already. Um, Bednar with some interesting coaching moves. He did not play uh, Hunt, Kout, or Megna in the third period of both the Seattle and Vegas game. I mean, I, I'm not going to question Bednar. Just seems like early in the year, maybe you want to get those guys more ice time. But I'm, I am a little frustrated with Kout, not at Kout, but like at the fact that they just don't play him. Yeah. Because he hasn't been bad. No, I, don't think I thought he's been good. I thought that he started on the, the second line when he got called up. And I didn't think he was good, but I didn't think he was bad. And now he's just in the doghouse for these last two games. Probably played a combined 10 minutes. Just like, so why even bother? Like, yeah. so then just bring bleed up and stop wasting our time with this. Send him down to the minors and let him go dominate. Yeah, it it, it makes no sense, but... I actually have really. That's funny because Bednar will always say after the games too. He always compliments how good Cout played, and it's like, well, then, then play him some more. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I get probably because he doesn't have much of a sample size. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean the the fourth line gets a little revamped. Uh, Jason Megna, we all know what Jason Megna is. He's just a, a fill in, and he's he's never he's not good and he's not bad. Uh, it's just he's inoffensive. Jason so, Megna is the definition of a warm body. Yeah. So. The Avs, just to put a summary on that Seattle game, they lose probably their worst performance of the year so far. I'd say, um, I'd say their worst performance, like dating back to like, I don't even want to count the end of last season because that just is not fair. They did not have anything to play for. Like the the Devils game, even. The oh, yeah, that was a bad one. Up. They were up like 3 nothing in that game. And lost yeah, they blew three. that lead. But like even then, at least they started okay. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of go back to like the Washington game from last season, the one in Washington where they just looked crap from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was not a good game. And by no accounts is Seattle going to be a good hockey team this year. They're going to be solid. I think they'll be better than they were last year, but this could be the highlight win for them this year is beating the abs in yeah. Colorado. I mean, they're, they're a competitive team this season where if you have a bad night, they can win and Grubauer was good enough in this game for them to win well he got hurt well, too. yeah next yeah. words out of my mouth granted the after the byram goal he looks pretty uncomfortable and immediately like stumbles a bit goes to the bench comes back and that's this actually thank you for reminding me about this another point of frustration with this game martin jones comes in cold and finishes with a shutout on how many shots zero one. One. Yeah. He faced one shot, and I believe it was 30 seconds after he came in. And that was with about half of the period left. The Avs in a tie game and then down one mustered one shot. And if you know nothing else about this game, know that. Grubauer gets hurt. Cold Martin Jones comes in, faces one shot in the final 10 minutes of the third. When it should be desperation time for the Avs against a Seattle defense that is bad. Very bad. They do not have players. And they held the avalanche and all their talent to one shot. It's crazy. Just shows you that anything can happen any given night in the NHL. Because if you play that scenario probably out 10 more times, the Avs get at least two goals. But yeah, you play that scenario out and on, on an Avs team that's trying. The Avs team from tonight, they score three goals without question. Yeah. So... 
that game was a stinker. But let's move on to the Winnipeg game, which, like you said, feels like ages ago. It feels like ages ago, but it was, it was, was it Wednesday night that it happened? Am I getting that right? Was it Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, kind of the same story in the first period, the abs just did not look good. And the jets were just firing pucks from everywhere. And Georgiev made a couple big saves and I, I can't even remember who scored for the jets to start that game. Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne. That's right. Oh, how do you let that happen? Um, I didn't even know Sam Gagne was still in the lead, dude. He's just that guy that is just always there. You never know where he is. But every month he scores a random goal. You're like, oh, Sam Gagne, he still exists. Didn't so, he have like eight points in a game one time? I I think, yeah, like in Edmonton, like a decade ago, he yeah. tied a record for the most points in a game yeah. somewhere along the way. But yeah, that that Sam Gagne is still around and still doing things. I feel like it here's something crazy. You want to know you want to know how old he is? I'm gonna guess he's younger, like maybe 33. You got it exactly. He is 33 years Let's old. Let's go. I, I would have guessed he was 38. Yeah, I would have guessed he was a lot older too. He was the sixth overall pick in 2007, dude. Jesus. And looking at his most recent teams is pretty funny. So he obviously played first several years with the Oilers, then goes Arizona, Philly, Columbus, Vancouver, Edmonton again, trade deadline, Detroit, Edmonton again, Detroit, and now he's in Winnipeg. This guy is just a yo-yo. Yeah, he has more goals than Kale McCarr this year. He has two. So, (laughs) Sam Gagne, resurgent season. Um, And then Neil Pionk, snapshot, 2-0 Winnipeg, and you're like, oh, all right. Maybe this will be the recipe for how most Winnipeg games go with the abs. They get down and then blitz them and score six to win the game. Um, and it seemed that way because Miko Ranton early in the second period gets a beauty of a goal and it's 2-1 and you're like, all right, abs are back. And Cole Perferetti scores and it's 3-1 and you're like, oh, JK. The abs are back even yeah. after that one still. But even then, like Miko Ranton and Val Nachushkin in this game, once again, animals. Yep. Ranton gets another one towards the end of the second, makes it 3-2. Power play goal for Val Nachushkin already. His fifth of the season makes it three to three before. It was a beautiful. I forgot about that give and go with him and Miko. It was beautiful. Miko was great in this game. Yeah, Miko was great in this game. Nachushkin obviously was great in this game. And they have it tied up going into the third period. And it looks like the Avs, like they responded. They had a really slow start to this game. You get to the third. I didn't hate their third period. I thought they were all right. I thought they played better than the Jets. And you, you really do feel good going into that overtime. I felt great because I was on last episode saying the abs win 4-3 in overtime. So I was like, well, shit, I'm looking like a genius right now. They put the big guns out there against the the Jets. And I think the Jets had Neil Pionk, Mason, Mason Appleton, Appleton, and someone else that, like, that tells you who they put yeah. out there against McKinnon, Rantanen, and McCarr. Rantanen takes a shot, goes off the backboards. The Jets pick it up. Neil Pionk blasts one in a two-on-one from the circle, goes past Georgiev. The first and really only Georgiev goal this season that I didn't love, but the kind of thing where it's three-on-three, shit happens, and you walk out of there with a point. Yeah, you walk out of there with a point. I I just, I didn't like the abs start. I thought they came out really slow. Um, They bounced back in this game. 
Mika Ranson's fantastic. Val Nachushkin's fantastic. Um, but they just, like you said, in that third period, I didn't hate their period, but I thought that they'd be a little bit more, create some more chances. Um, Connor Hellbuck was solid. And the Jets, I think, rightfully so, skated away with a win in this game. Yeah. I, I thought the Avs skewing a point in this game was a big win, considering how bad they looked in the first period. Yeah, I mean, the in the overtime, it was it just felt very anticlimactic. Yeah, because it, I really did think they were going to win that game, and you're going to get to see how just how good Val is in overtime again. They miss one shot, it goes right down the other way. It's not even like the big guns for the Jets. It's just a blast that just unceremoniously beats. Georgiev and the Jets win it. I mean, they played a better 60 minutes. The Avs yep. maybe the Avs maybe played a better 40 minutes, but the Jets showed up to play. They jumped out to a two-nothing lead. All they needed was another one to get a point out of this game and just blast one in overtime to win it. And this was better than the Kraken game for the Avs. The Kraken game was a whole different level of crap, but this was you're still early in the season, you're still making mistakes. And you're not going to get away with them all the time. Nope. Not going to get away with them. I mean, the biggest takeaway from this, uh, this game for me was Devontae's getting hurt. I know he came back in the game, but he didn't play against Seattle or Vegas. Uh, according to Bednar, he, he's just a little sore, nothing super serious. And I completely agree. Just what's the point of playing in game six right now? If this is going to be, this could turn to a long uh, nagging injury. I, I think you sit out and he did take the pregame skate with the abs in Vegas, but then, didn't play so uh nothing serious but whenever Devon Taves is out you can kind of sense and feel like okay yeah the abs aren't the best defense in the league without Devon Taves yeah Devon Taves as we saw last season is very much the glue that keeps this thing together like Makar is always going to be the foundation but something's got to keep the foundation together yeah and all indications are he's going to travel with the team and he may play against New York and it, it's it's good news, but you never you, you never like seeing your your top pair defensemen banged up. Yeah, I mean we saw our record without Devontae's. Yeah. It's not pretty. We see the Seattle game, and then you're going into the Vegas game being like, oh boy, this 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 could get bad pretty quickly. Considering we didn't even mention it in the Vegas game, Jacob McDonald played for the first time all year, and I've never really been like I've always thought Jacob McDonald is a solid sixth defenseman i i never thought he was um like bad he never does anything that's like oh god this guy sucks i i've always kind of liked jacob mcdonald yeah i've always liked mcdonald too and I, I felt like he got done really dirty last season against the rangers we will be seeing next he takes that ter- was it truba who gave him no that no it was uh it was someone else i can't remember who it was yeah i i, I thought he got done dirty last season he got that season ending concussion did not get to see the nhl again good to see him back in the league he finally gets some good time and he looks he looks all right yeah he looks all right and like we said i'm still the number one curtis mcdermott fan but jacob mcdonald compared to curtis mcdermott as a defenseman it's a leaps and bound different yeah it it really is you know mcdermott's gonna play against new york right Oh, he then I think he yeah. should. But yeah, as a he'll, forward, he'll, as a yeah. forward, yeah, he'll play as a forward. But man, I I cannot wait for this road trip. I never really liked the East Coast uh, road trips because I'm usually stuck at work for like the first period and a half of the of the games. But man, this is going to be a fun road trip because the Rangers they look like they're a better team this year. Um, 
it's very early in the year, but I think the Avs just kind of have the Rangers number in New York. I don't know what it is. The Avs always seem to win in Madison Square Garden. Um, so that's going to be a really fun game. It's a national broadcast. Well, wait, it's a national broadcast. The puck's not going to drop to like seven. I'll be good. Yeah, I'll be you, good. you will be just, it's ESPN and it's the Rangers. Yeah. They will talk about Shesterkin and Panarin and just how great the Rangers are and completely ignore us for the entire time. And the puck might drop by like 730. Yeah. Okay, good, good. I, I'll be home in time. But I like the Avs chances going in there. If they play like they did against Vegas, I think they have as good a chance to. Yeah. So, uh, They'll have two days off. They'll have some time, maybe get Taze back in the lineup. I think that it might be optimistic, but we'll see. We actually I've... get to play against Shesterkin. We didn't play against him last year. Oh, so... yeah, you're right. We didn't play Shesterkin last year, strangely enough, somehow. Yeah. Well, but... A battle of Georgiev versus Shesterkin. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. You know ESPN's going to market the fuck out. Well, they don't market the market, NHL. The ESPN does not market shit. They have, yeah. this, they have this handed to them where it's the Rangers who they – the one team they actually do market sometimes against the defending champs, and it's Shesterkin who won the Vesna versus his backup last season, and they're not going to do anything with. It. They'll have a no. premium segment about it. Well, we may see one commercial um, during an NBA game. We may see. We may see it. I, but, I think. Uh, that, I think that's optimistic. It might. It might be like during NFL Today or something. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, I mean that's going to be a hell of a game, and then you get a couple. Di- couple days off and then is it remind me it's new jersey first right and yeah. then and then new york islanders new jersey has bounced back from a terrible start and i think they're a young and exciting team that's always i don't know what it is when the abs go to new jersey it just always seems to be a weird game for the abs so yeah, new jersey just has that factor about them sometimes for the abs they're young they're exciting they started 0-2 they've won three in a row and even the two games they lost, they probably should have won. Yeah, so if their goalie could make a save. New Jersey could be a pretty interesting team to watch over the next little while. And we'll see what they've got when the Avs take them on. But we'll have a whole other episode yeah. to talk about those two games. Oh, dude, you know what's great about that game starting at 6? We won't have a super late night recording on Tuesday. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have games on Tuesday and Saturday. So yeah. we'll be able to record at reasonable times. Yes. It's going to be at, great. Games at 8 p.m. for me. Yeah. That's a what a concept for you. Um, but overall, I mean, it's a very busy week. It's weird being back in the swing of things with ab seasons. Um, it felt like we weren't off that long, and then it's all of a sudden we're right back into it. So uh, I think our brains worked for a majority of this episode. Mine did not work in the beginning. Like, yeah, no, as, mine's, as mine's... people listening know my brain was not working. Well, here's the thing. I was like the abs tonight. I was really strong at the beginning, and then I slowly started to fade near the end. And then you picked it up, so we kind of balanced each other out there. Um, but, yeah. Oh, dude, you know what's going to be weird? When we go to Finland, and those games are at 11 a.m. Yeah, those like, are yeah, those are 12 p.m. mountain time, back-to-back days against Columbus. Our, emin- our enemy, bro. Our enemy. Our, Speaking our of Columbus, team. they do not look good. They don't. I think they look exactly like I thought they were going to. Yeah. Johnny Gaudreau and not much else. Yeah. Well, also, to be fair, Patrick Laine is hurt and is yes. going to probably be back mid-November. Looked good in the one period that he played against Carolina. Yes. But Gaudreau looks good. Uh, you know who they could really use right now? Oliver Bjorkstrand? Oliver Bjorkstrand. <laughs> Don't fucking get that trade at all. What a stupid move. Yeah, but yeah, those Finland games are going to be weird. And 
hopefully the Avs uh, aren't going to be like the Sharks and the Predators who are combined one and seven in their games back from their uh, cross-continent games. Yeah, and so, you know what the you know what the weirdest part about that stat is? The one is the Sharks. Yes, yes, very weird, very very weird. Um, I don't know how that happens, but uh, yeah, the, what a weird start for the Central. The Wild and the Preds are not like pretty close to standings as the coyotes yeah like you got dallas who looks fantastic so far they're 401 the blues are how did the blues only played three games they're three i don't know they're three and oh they just shut out the oilers today and then you just have a, a mountain of shit from four through eight you have nashville has played seven games they're two four and one they beat the sharks twice in a different country does not count the blackhawks are 500 Winnipeg is two and three. Minnesota is one, three and one. They just lost in overtime today to Boston. And Arizona is not an NHL team. Who's Arizona's one win against though, baby? The Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs in Toronto. Because of course it was. Because yeah. of course it was. And every game outside of that, they have gotten their the shit righteously kicked out of them. Dude, they're and minus 13 already. They gave up six goals in all of the <laughs> other games. How did Toronto score two? At home against them. They gave up six to Pittsburgh. They gave up six to Boston. They gave up six to Montreal. And they gave up six today, as we're recording this, to the Ottawa Senators. Senators look pretty good, too. The Habs actually don't look that bad either. But the Coyotes genuinely look like the worst team I have ever seen. Yes. (laughs) It's so crazy. And then Buffalo, man. I'm telling you. I that's love, I love the Sabers. I love these guys. They're they're plus so eleven, dude. They're fun. They're a genuinely fun team. Rasmus Dahlin, five five straight games with a goal to start the season, and I drafted him. And everyone else can suck it. Yeah, no, I I really like the Sabers. They've made me a lot of money so far this year. Like they they've they've been awesome. Um, I, the Atlantic's I, looking like a fucking fantastic division. They, like we all it thought. looks good. I mean, like Tampa's three and three. They're 500. They're tied with the, with the Habs for the bottom. I also just find it funny that people even take any stock in Tampa's yeah. start to the season. Like, have we learned nothing? They're going to get a wild card spot. Who gives a shit? Yeah, they'll be fine. But yeah, the Atlantic looks fucking awesome. Um, a lot of fun teams. And then the, you go to the Western Conference. It's like that meme where it's like the super strong dog is the Eastern Conference and then the like the little puppy dog is the West. Yeah, it's the it's yeah, I know I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the, verbal the beam. looks the east looks good and the yeah. west is terrible. Yeah, like just terrible. So yeah, I mean it's it's been a fun start to the year, but going back to the Avs, somehow in second place in the division after a one one and one week. <laughs> Almost by default, really. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not great. So um I can't wait for this week's next week's games. It's great to have abs hockey back and uh, we're finally back in the swing of things. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate that there's almost like, there's so few games coming up because you got two days off. You have the Rangers two days off. Then you have a back-to-back New Jersey and the Islanders. And then you have like a, like six days off almost. And then you have the two games in Finland. Then you have four days off before they finally come back home and play Nashville. And then things will be normal. Then it will feel like a normal hockey season. Dude, what the fuck is ESPN doing putting the Anaheim Ducks and the Detroit Red Wings at 3 p.m. on a Sunday on ESPN? Dude, dude Trevor Zegras, bro. 
You got to market Trevor Zegras and the Anaheim Ducks for some reason. You have the Islanders and Panthers right there. No, no one cares. No. What the fuck are we doing here? I mean, no one's going to watch it because football is on, but what the fuck are we doing? Well, maybe that's it. Maybe they're just like, they're throwing it away. Five o'clock. First of all, five o'clock Eastern time, time slot. What the hell? And I mean, Detroit doesn't, Detroit's a little exciting this season. I mean, I can I can see the marketing cider, Raymond, Zegris. Like I can I can see what they're trying to do, but it would also help if you marketed the game at all. Yeah. I mean, you even have New York right there. The Rangers play. You could put throw the fucking Rangers on. Oh, that's just weird. Sorry, I was looking at the schedule. Yeah, but. and then the next night you have the the Oilers and the Penguins, and they're gonna stick that on NHL network, which nobody gets. It's gonna be a fun game. Ooh. We got some good that's hockey. Exactly. Game. That's going to be a great game. It's a shame that no one's going to see it. Oh, there's some good games, man. Yeah, there's great games coming up over the next little while. I mean, the, the Avs and the Rangers, like that's a that's a game I'm genuinely looking forward to. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to see that. And I hope the Avs with the two days off, it's a good enough amount of rest for them. And the, the Rangers are not on a back-to-back, are they? No, they play Sunday. Okay, they, they play, play tomorrow. Sunday. Yeah, they play tomorrow, so it'll be a good game. Everyone will be rested. Georgiev against his old team. And what was almost the Stanley Cup final last season yeah. before, they, before they blew it against Tampa. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was really a point in time where we were up 2 to nothing against Edmonton, and the Rangers were up 2 to nothing on Tampa. Like It looked like that might have been the case. I, I still think – I agree with what Raj said at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be – if these teams don't match up in the Stanley Cup final at least once in the next five years, I'll be shocked. Yeah, at least maybe not this season, but sometime in the near future. I mean, I even said that before the the Rangers even got good last mm-hmm. season, just because the amount of youth they had. If they really start to get more from Lafreniere and Kako, Condre Miller and everything, they're that's a really hard team to beat. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fun one. I cannot wait for it. Um God, that's gonna be a great game. But let's uh let's wrap this up. We're we're coming up on two o'clock Eastern time for Griffin, and he's got work tomorrow. So coming up, dude. It is two a.m. <laughs> for, for me right now, and I have to be up early because the Ravens have pregame stuff happening tomorrow. So I get to be at the facility early tomorrow. Lucky so, you, man. I'm lucky. gonna sit my ass on my couch and just watch football all day. It's gonna be great. Oh, I, oh I, I will watch football tomorrow. I will watch a lots of football tomorrow. <laughs> So that'll be a blessed time. Blessed time. I have a great balance of work and pleasure. I do not mix the two at all. And totally. I definitely get to enjoy the things I love. <laughs> but regardless, I think this is a good enough spot as any to wrap up this episode. The Avalanche go one, one and one over the last three games. We will be back talking about the Rangers game next episode because that's just how the schedule works. Sometimes you have one game to talk about, and other times you have one. Sometimes you have zero. So we'll see where all that goes in time. Avalanche, 3-2-1 and one on the season, and that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs Biz podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Kale McCarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Get them while supplies last. Use promo code TELLITABSITIS on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. I tell you to go to an ABS game, but not going to be one for a little while, not at Ball Arena. But if you're one of our beautiful listeners in Finland, I don't know if you guys have SeatGeek out there, 
I have, I don't know that I said this before I knew that, but if you do have SeatGeek out there, I know a pretty good way for you guys to go and see the Avs play Columbus over the next little while. They got two games coming up in Finland out there. Promo code TELDABS it is for $20 off your first order, $50 or more. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at TELDABS But until then, when we're talking about the Rangers game, we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go Abs. Abs.